The Spawn Nobles from E to the Form, and I am with my lovely co-host, Meredith. Meredith, you want to say hello to everyone? Hello, everybody. So today, I'm going to try and get some, some accounting stuff out of the way. Um, we have a few things that are, are happening right now, and it's kind of interesting because if you're listening to the podcast, if you followed the podcast but you haven't signed up, this is actually a really good time to sign up because, um, one, you know, you, you're going to be grandfathered into 2018 pricing, but also we, we only really have like 100 spots that we can open up for um this time and so we, we we're gonna make like a big push let everybody know and we kind of expect those hundred spots to go relatively quickly so if um you're kind of waiting you know <laughs> you you probably want to get in before because you know when we start to get closer to january 1st um not only does the pricing structure change but it becomes kind of a you know crazy town like real fast and so yeah. you know if you're thinking man mm -hmm. be nice to have something set up and ready to go for january 1st this year um and maybe even not dig that hole right that that a lot of a lot of people dig um before they go into the holidays then this would be a real good time to do that um this is kind of the last couple days you know so if you're listening to this podcast on let's say monday or tuesday this is going to be closed but um we're doing some of our uh you know cyber monday black friday push you know if we don't kind of do things earlier we kind of get lost in the mix <laughs> and so um you know we we have a few of those coming out the training vault was this week so meredith as an example did our um you know kind of yoga mobility range of motion uh type of template which is, is great you know we, we've got like i think there was something like 350 people purchased that at a price much higher than we're offering it now and then after the new year we actually have another version coming out that is going to be about double the price so this is a really good time because people say well why would i would just wait for the next one well first of all you might not need the next one right if right. you've not done any of this stuff this stuff was really good we spent you know <laughs> almost six months developing it so um it's probably more than most people need and it's a really good value right now because obviously at this time of year you know things are relatively slow um other than that you know the topic for today is going to be talking a little bit about reversing out of a um, dieting cycle. Mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of let the cat out the bag this week that um, I actually went through fat loss for the last 28 days. There was a few reasons that I kind of kept that to myself and I'll talk a little bit about that, but there were, there were multiple times through, like if you look through <laughs> the last few podcasts, you could, you could hear it a little bit. Um, but um, I will also tell you about my wife's experience, which um, was uh, pretty interesting and and probably even more enlightening for a lot of lot of people listening. So um, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But Meredith, anything interesting happening in your world? No, I mean I'm one of those two. I I, revert, I stopped my fat loss phase just right after our last podcast, so that fits right into this. But no, um, 
I don't know. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about my daughter's volleyball team the last few times. We did as a um, – we took – we were league champions. We finished up our season as league champions, so that was fun. Um, no, life. Do you know, just <laughs> – I feel like every time you ask me this, it's just, you know – just life. We're just trucking along and doing our thing yeah. and it is what it is. But yeah, for those that don't know, Meredith, in addition to doing this, you know, she does a lot of customer service stuff for each. Yes. And so um, right now it's relatively slow from the perspective of a client's perspective, but from a perspective of kind of getting our house in order and, and <laughs> right. so like as an example um there's probably not a lot that you guys are going to see um there's going to be a few changes like if you go into the web app um there's you know i think you're going to see some minimal improvements in terms of functionality of the app we actually have a monstrous improvement though that it is coming for a lot of people that you know aren't in the new app or still kind of hanging on to mm -hmm. the old app you know we, we introduced progress pictures months ago um mm -hmm. we're kind of hoping to get that to android relatively soon but there's another really big thing coming that i'm hesitant to to mention because you know you never know with tech you know what stop something or or but but i think people are going to be like whoa that is that's a really big deal so kind of be on the lookout for that um but yeah i mean uh in terms of life you know i think from a customer service perspective from a perspective of you know from my standpoint marketing talking to clients you know um you're not just really thinking about what today is you're thinking about what's going to be happening six weeks from now you know because six weeks from now you know i actually just left a meeting with the other um senior team and um was just like you know get ready you know yeah. i mean it's 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 just like it it's funny because it's like a hailstorm but at the same time um you know, it's usually not as crazy as most people think. You know, as an example, last September, we we took on a thousand clients. Um, and I don't think that most people felt super overwhelmed at that point. And it would, you know, I mean, usually, you know, the new year is going to be somewhere in that neighborhood, right? Um, so we have a team with a lot of people but those those team that that team of people's currently working with clients right so right. um so it's it's always kind of a big thing as we ramp up but i would say that we're probably more prepared for something like this than really just about anybody else in the industry except for your weight watchers and and these types of people that kind of plan for this you know year round um I think, of course, we have a little bit better answer than they do, but um, and, and we're going to get into that here in just yeah. a second. So it, it kind of brings me to my post that I put in the in the Better, better Dieting group. And if you aren't in the Better Dieting group, it's a free group. 
you know, that we have on Facebook, you're more than welcome to join. We also put uh, our, all of our challengers through that. Um, and so what ends up happening is that you can, you know, join into those free challenges. You don't need to be a member. Um, and what, what there was, it's kind of this mix of, of eat the performers and people that aren't eat the performers. And I would say, you know, probably, you know, half of the people are eat the performers and half are, are kind of interested in it. And so there was a person that was talking about, uh, you know, eating a static amount of calories, which was very low, you know, it was like 1300 calories. And, you know, we just kind of got into this discussion, you know, of, you know, weight loss, time it took, and, and things of that nature. And, and she was rightly to be right to be happy about the hard work. I mean, like, if you're, right. when you think about dieting, you're essentially starving yourself, right? And so, you know, if, if you lost 16 pounds, like she did, she should be proud of that. That's really hard. Your body right. wants food and you don't give it food. That's really hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really diminishing that accomplishment. But what I was saying was, is that why would you intentionally want to suffer more? And so that's what really what we call the adaptation prevention phase. Right. And then, you know, the bigger idea is reversing and why that's important. And as I was talking to this lady, you know, you could really tell that she had no plan on reversing. <coughs> and excuse me for a second. No, you're fine. <clears throat> but she had no real plan for reversing. And if you don't have a plan for reversing, basically what happens is your body's always looking for balance, right? And yeah. so, you know, when you give your body 1,300 calories, your body is going to adjust to that. And so anytime you have a glass of wine, anytime you have a weekend away, your weight is going to go up and your body's going to be more prone to store because it's adjusted to 1300 calories, right? Correct. And you go, so are you saying that I'm going to gain weight based on the fact that I'm eating 1300 calories, right? Because I've suffered, I mean the way that the woman was talking was like you know, I figured out a way to suffer through this for the rest of my life. And I was like, oh, no, that's not how you do dieting, you know. And and um, when I said that to her, it seemed like it was like frustrating, but it was also sort of a disbelief. So I wrote the, I wrote a post and I used my wife as an example. Mm -hmm. Now, if you listen to this one, it was funny because somebody at my gym mentioned that they listened to the last podcast and it's kind of funny because you you might think that like everybody knows Meredith and I listen to these things nonstop and they kind of don't right like you know right. in general um the people that are listening to it tend to be kind of eat performers it takes up every aspect of their life you know and they're really just super involved in the community and things of that nature that's usually who listens to it so when with someone at my gym you know I was like well I better know which one you listen to and it was the one that I called all things fat loss right because yeah. people of course are more interested in all things fat loss right but what I was trying to explain to this lady 
who clearly needs a plan to reverse, um, is why not only reversing is important, but it's also better. It's oh. not just better, it's faster, mm -hmm. right? So in the example I used in the last podcast, I, I talked about my wife and, and some of my wife's frustrations as she was going through through fat loss. And I was telling you guys, you know, that all the things that we deal with, I was dealing with in my house. And typically <laughs> I don't like dealing with those kinds of things in my house. And my wife's result at that point, you know, she was frustrated on that one given day because she was like, well, I've only lost two and a half pounds. You know, she wasn't really kind of looking at it high to low, right? High to low. She had lost four pounds. Um, and uh, when I wrote the article, she was down eight pounds, yeah. right? And then one day later, she was down nine pounds, which, by the way, for 28 days is not just great. It's awesome you know yeah. you you should you know the people that are expecting much more than that in 28 days is just not being realistic paul nope. it, i was gonna Go say it took me it took me eight weeks to get eight pounds yeah and so okay. so like you know in in terms of kind of my wife and and contrasting it to the experience with um this other lady I was not only just showing her that piece, but I was showing her kind of how adaptation prevention works and then kind of predicted the future a little bit. And so, you know, I want to kind of back up for just a second, though, because some of the things that was really frustrating my with my wife is something that I said to her that four years ago, I did not see as big a deal as it actually is, right? <laughs> and the reason why I didn't see it that way is because my experience, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about this here as you're going into AP, but my experience is about abundance, right? My wife's experience can't have abundance in the way that she might need it. So the little details matter for my wife quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I look back to those first two weeks where she's kind of frustrated and, and you know, she lost, you know, two and a half, but it was really four. Um, and what I consistently saw was there was a lot of yellows, some reds, right? There was some 2000 step days. My wife works for a major finance company you know, send meetings all day long. And so I said to her, look, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but you you try and tell me that you're broken. And I, and I pull up my computer and I was like, you're not broken. You're just not doing it right. Right. <laughs> These little details matter quite a bit. Right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and my wife is not super competitive. But she is sort of competitive in this standpoint where she's like, I'm going to show you, buddy. You know? <laughs> and, and magically, everything got green yeah. immediately. 
magically those 2,000 step days, and in, in, in her credit, you know, it wasn't 2,000 every single day. It was just 2,000 on some of the days that, you know, didn't work out. And it was probably 4,000. I'm, I'm exaggerating to make the point. But um, but I know that there was a week there where it didn't work out, you know, because there was just like this perfect storm of, of craziness. And then towards the end, everything, you know, if we all are realistic about that perfect storm of craziness, you know, the reality of the situation is, is that we could have got in a workout or that we could have made something a commitment or made planning a commitment, but we kind of use that as an excuse, maybe reason to not do that. And then all of a sudden you go, well, does it make that big of a difference? Well, it's not that that one thing made that big of a difference, but then when you combine it with the other six things, now all of a sudden you've got kind of this tsunami of, of craziness, right? And so once she pulled it together, like I said, she blew past me, oh, you yeah. know, like in a heartbeat. Um, and, you know, she, she kind of said that, you know, the way that I explained it to her after the fact, because um, mm -hmm. I actually I just pulled in real close of her. Um, the, um, you know, it's been kind of interesting throughout this process. And I think you could probably relate to this because people want the scale to move like really acutely. But the way that it actually works is that, you know, kind of you get that big water release that we all get excited about, we all get super motivated about, and we think, man, wouldn't this be nice if I could just keep losing weight like this? And you lose like the first pound and a half. It's like, man, this is amazing, you know, and by by the end of the week, you're down four pounds, and, you know, you're just going to crush this fat loss cycle. Um, and then the next week, you're even maybe even gave a little bit back, mm -hmm. right? And then from there on out, it's basically like 196 all week, 195 all week, 194 all week, 193, right. right? And that's how it works, right? And for women, we probably see a little bit more fluctuation, I think, than we even do with men. Men okay. tend to be a little bit more consistent. So, like in in my case, I literally saw 196 for a week. I literally saw 195 for a week. I literally saw 194 for a week. Um, and it just kind of gradually went down like that. For my wife, you know, once she kind of put the pieces together, I mean, she dropped like five pounds, you know, within two weeks. Oh yeah. Um, so I think I think a lot of it was. Um, just kind of nailing those little details. Um, but I just want to kind of catch everybody up to speed as we move into discussion of adaptation prevention and reversing, right? And one reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I never saw 193 in my fat loss phase. I'm currently 193. Um, in my adaptation prevention phase, which I've been doing for three days now. And the reason why I think that that's relevant is because I know for a fact that I 
go into AP different than all of you do, right? Okay. I mean, maybe not all of you, some of you kind of, you know, you've been around eat form, you kind of know, hey man, you know, food comes back, it's, it's beast mode time, right? Yes. But <laughs> when, I, I mean, I showed, you know, yesterday was probably my first workout where I felt 60%, okay. <laughs> right? And at 60%, I was pushing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, I was really lifting more weights, um, was, you know, still not talking about a lot of calories. I mean, you know, I, I gave some specifics and I think it, I think the number was 147 calories. So even mm -hmm. as your calories go up, it's only 147 calories. It's not like, you know, your whole life changed and now all of a sudden it's raining food. Now we'll say this, I mean, there's a lot of people that on their 29th day, right? The 28 days of fat loss, and on their 29th day, it's tequila, you know, it's margaritas and, and nachos, <laughs> done, right? I did not margaritas and nachos it, right. right? I just basically followed the plan, you know? And I didn't fit in kind of all this weird stuff you know, I just kind of ate a little bit more than I normally did. And, and, and my Vidargo started to come back, which is kind of a drinkable carbohydrate that helps me with my workouts and, and things of this nature. As I get deeper into AP, I've been basically going workout one day off, workout one day off, workout one day off. I'll be in, in, and in that time, you know, I get in more than 10,000 steps e each day. I will probably add either one day of working out or one day of lifting, but I don't need a massive amount of, you know, new workouts to stay weight stable or actually have weight go down. And I'll tell you why. Okay. One, if you weigh nine pounds less, do you do more pull-ups or less pull-ups, right? You're going to do more pull-ups. Right. If in that time you're adding in more food, are you going to do more pull-ups or less pull-ups? You're going to do even more pull-ups, right? Because sure. now you have energy and you weigh less, right? Yes. What do we tell people in fat loss phases, pull your workouts down, modify your workouts down. Right. Now, what do you do? Now you bring them back. Now yeah. start to push the lever. And so it didn't surprise me when I saw 193 on the scale this morning. Oh, um, in fact, in fact, like, I kind of expect to even continue to go down further. Cause like I said, I'm really only at 60%. You know, um, I'm going to be doing a stop and go. We did a podcast on a stop and go a few weeks ago, but basically what a stop and go is, is, you know, you do a fat loss cycle, you have the holidays as an example, and then you resume the ho holidays or the fat loss after the holidays. So my macros, you know, right now are kind of in the... Well, why don't you kind of comment and I'll, I'll talk specifically because. Yeah, no, I'm kind of doing. Like that. 
like to know the specifics. Yeah, so I'm doing the same thing. So I stopped mine um, right after our last podcast, and I was really happy to. Same thing. I pulled my workouts back, but I noticed, too, um, I have a bad habit of trying to go too hard all the time. And so during my fat loss phase, it was really hard for me. And some people will relate to that. It was really hard for me to wrap my mind around having to pull my workouts back a little bit and um, not, you know, overload my central nervous system while I was doing it. But as I've gotten the food back, it's been better. My workouts have been better. I've been PRing some of my lifts. I PR'd my deadlift yesterday, my sumo deadlift, which I just loved, you know, finally saw a number a couple weeks ago that I couldn't even pick up off the ground. So that was fun. Um, and for some people, it's not that heavy, but for me, I did a 265 sumo deadlift for two. And um, I couldn't, I literally could not pick it up off the ground a couple weeks ago. So that was <laughs> so funny like that. <laughs> they yeah. are. So that was, that was fun, but I'm noticing, yeah, I'm just noticing a difference in my, in my workouts as I'm coming out of it. But I also plan to stop I mean, I'll probably do just a short four week again right after the holidays just to kind of get me that last little push that I wanted. Um, but I did. The reason I did fat loss is funny. You were talking about pull ups. That's why I did fat losses, because I had built a lot of time doing strength. And now I wanted to be able to get those gymnastics, pull those those gymnastics movements back. So, well, I mean, <laughs> that can be a little bit overdone. You know, like there was a great article in The New York Times where it was talking about this gal who's like this elite runner. And you know, most elite runners think that it's so much better if you weigh less. Um, right. And the emphasis of the article was that she actually weighed quite a bit more um, and felt better as an athlete um, holding on to muscle um, and things of that nature. And so I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I literally just said right. that, you know, a few seconds ago, but at the same time, you know, like I said, you know, I'm 190 right now. Um, the difference in terms of the amount of pull-ups that I could do when I was 149, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not different. You know, right. I, I can do, you know, a lot of pull-ups. Well, you, you have know? the – At 149, I literally could hang on the bar forever, you know, because, you know, I look like a 13-year-old boy, but um, – the uh, the amount of muscle, the amount of work capacity that I've earned since then, and I think that that's what people. This is this is the this is why people are stuck in the dieting cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Is because they think of the calories as the answer, and they don't think of the moving and doing as the answer, right? Right. It really is kind of a combination of the two, and so like I explained to this gal in the post. I was like, my wife basically is down, you know, eight pounds as I was writing the article and then nine pounds after. And I said, when we hit fat loss in January, she, you know, just knowing what we know, she should be able to lose another eight pounds. Right. And so basically they would net the same thing. And she was trying to explain to me how that's awesome for your wife. But I also lost 16 pounds, so I don't see the difference. Well, the difference is, one, my wife's going to hold on more muscle by doing it in kind of this shorter period of time with more food. My wife never had to go to 1,300 to do what she did, right? And she started from 2,400. As we reverse, she's going to go as as high as 2,500. And yeah. then people always say, well, 
won't she gain weight? Well, I'm explaining to you right now that she controls that. Right. Right. And so, you know, all the same things that apply to me apply to her. Pull-ups, all these things are going to be a lot easier for her. So she is able to control things. And I think if you look at it from the standpoint of like looking at the scale and wishing that those calories gave you that gift on the scale, it's just a different approach that than we take, right? And so if it takes you 16 weeks to do something, you know, I use the example, you know, a, a friend of mine, Matt, uh, you know, we were talking and I was explaining to him kind of the concept of eat for me. He said, well, it sounds like what you're saying is, is that I have the option to either uh, walk from Kentucky to, to Texas, right? Drive from Kentucky to Texas or fly to Kentucky to Texas. And he's like, I'll take flying, right? And that's essentially what Eat to Perform does, right? Like, you know, when you're losing on average, let's say two pounds over the course of 28 days, that's better than one. You know, and because you're getting your calories up to the point and you're using calories as a asset, as an ally, you know, that allows you to be more effective. And, and I mean, we're talking about specifics related to my wife and specifics related to me, but everybody's a little bit different. If you're 119 pounds, the idea of you losing 16 pounds is not reality, right? Um, right. And, and so, you know, we have to kind of look at all these things, but that's why we have coaching. That's why we kind of walk people through this process. Um, I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. And, and can you give me your thoughts on? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. People don't really understand that they have the, the control over that. People, um, I've had people ask me like where, where I'm at coming out of this fat loss phase, especially people people at the gym. And, um, you know, I've really honestly stayed about the same. I kind of go within, I haven't lost much more, um, on, you know, coming out of it, reversing it and on the AP, but I'm okay with that. And, um, but it's basically, I'm, I'm making, still making sure I put in the, in the work. I'm still making sure I get my steps. I'm still making sure that I, um, you know, follow my plan. Just, um, I do allow a little bit more flexibility right now, which is, which is what I need at the moment. But um, it's, it's just a funny concept for people to understand. Like you said, she's like the lady that was like, well, I lost my 16 pounds, same as your wife's going to lose. But it, you know, for me, it's at what cost, you know, being miserable for that long or not be like making your maybe miserable. She may not have felt miserable, um, but it's more about she, um, gosh, the, what it does to your body and having your body adapt to that. If you don't feel miserable at 1,300 calories, like your body has adapted to those 1,300 calories, that's a really bad deal, right? Like if you look at total daily energy expenditure at all, you understand the basic needs of your body. And so um, I am going to stop for just a second because, you know, I did look at my calories and and my super day. My super day right now is 2486. My high day is 2300. And then um, most uh, calorie average is, you know, right at 2250. And kind of my lower days are, 
you know, in the in the 2000 to 2100 range. So nothing like, you know, super extreme right now. And and each at each. Uh, well, I'm just trying to think, you know, my my super day is uh, today. So I'll get, like I said, another 147 calories. And uh, over the course of so in the AP phase, I'll get basically four hits, so roughly about 500 calories. And so right now, you know, I'm at 2,400, so that'll probably land me in the 2,800 for super days, uh, things of that nature. By the time I hit fat loss, assuming that we do it, I mean, like, like this seems to matter more to people that are different than my wife and I then it matters to us. <laughs> right? Right. So I, I do encourage people to go through both phases um, in all scenarios. I'm going to encourage both my wife and I. But what I like people to do is to evaluate their situation as it exists in that moment, right? right. And so if life is just like, handing you everything that you can take might be best to just step away. So those are things that I will consider in that regard. Um, in terms of body composition, you know, uh, you know, I said this on, on the last podcast, I've never crossfitted bigger, you know, I'm throwing yeah. around like, you know, some pretty big weights. Now, of course, you know, my cardio is going to take a bit to catch up. And a lot of people go, well, you know, yeah, but aren't you a little bit bigger? And so therefore your cardio is going to be a little bit harder. I, you know, of course that happens a little bit, right? But, you know, yesterday as an example, um, when we got to kind of the Metcon phase of what we were doing, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even feel even close to 100%, but I felt back. I felt like, you know, it's it's on, you yeah. know. And I know that as food comes back, you know, I'm going to keep pushing it. Now, you know, like I said, what do I plan to push down to? You know, I'd be lying to you if I said, you know, I wasn't hoping to push down <coughs> um, into the high 180s. But yeah, I don't yeah care about that that's not mm -hmm. something that matters to me greatly um if i land there that would be great um and, but there's a lot of people that think to themselves well how do you do that you know how do you do that when food's coming back well you gotta remember you're talking to the guy that was eating 5,000 calories a day and lost 100 pounds right right so so i know that with effort, I can achieve whatever I want. You know, I think that what happens for people is they kind of buy this message of, <clears throat> you know, I'm broken, calories need to be lower, carbs need to be lower, fats need to be lower, whatever flavor you're choosing, I need to eat real food, all these different things. And like, when you look at all of it as a whole, there's pieces of it that I use for every single thing, you know, um, both my wife and I, we actually, you know, I, I've talked about it before. 
I mean, it sort of depends on how you define it, but, you know, we didn't have breakfast the whole time in fat loss. And Mm -hmm. so we both decided that we're going to continue that out of fat loss. Um, And what I found in the past and what, you know, I don't know the science of this. There, there are people that say that this this works this way. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I've not researched it greatly. But I do believe that when I was intermittent fasting at 5,000 calories, I was able to eat a little bit more than I would have been if I spread it out. You know, right. now some people would argue, well, it doesn't really work like that because you're going to speed up your metabolism eating smaller meals. I'm just saying that is my conjecture based on my personal experience. And, you know, you can kind of take it for what it is. You know, what I will say is this. I don't like eating five to six meals. I don't like preparing five to six meals. I like eating meals, you know, and I like those meals to be big, you know, Um, just that's just the way that I'm comfortable. Right. Right. And so, you know, everybody's kind of, kind of find their own thing, but there, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of talk about fasting and I don't want to get into that. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of talking about all these things that people want to be magic and it's not magic. All it is is managing volume right yeah. All on, the op- on the opposite of that paul i mean i don't do i wouldn't do well with two big meals i just i wouldn't with as much as i'm going and as much as i'm moving i've tried it i don't like it i like to eat the smaller meals throughout the day um but i can do that and do fat loss too so i mean it just what works for one person is not i like i like how you said that it's about managing it's about managing the volume it's about managing the work it's about you know um you know paying attention you said it perfect with your wife paying attention to those little things and getting those little things in line you know the when i would look down and i didn't i looked down at my watch and realized that i'd only had 5000 steps and it's 10 o'clock at night and i'm going to bed i knew i wasn't going to be down the next day like i just knew those things were there so that's a good point to make that, you know, it doesn't just because the two meals a day during fat loss works for you. That doesn't mean that that's the magic, you know, button for everybody. Yeah. I mean, like to say that she was bathing in self pity would not be (laughs) completely accurate. Right. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, my wife's not like, she she's not obsessive about her weight she's not you know um i i don't know it's it, it, it's interesting i mean neither one of us had done a fat loss cycle in four years you know okay um it, it just it's just one of those things that i think you know as she got into it it was sort of what's all this for you know right and you know in the height of kind of that hangry stage, you know, <laughs> um, I asked her if she was willing to go for a walk with me and it, it was drizzling that day. And she was like, no, I got too much personal stuff to do. Well, she didn't really have too many personal things to do. She just wasn't up for walking and she definitely did not want to walk with me on that day. You know? <laughs> but I went for that walk. 
right? And I think there was something about that that was that did say to her, you know, he's doing something that he would rather not be doing right now, you know, and I wasn't willing to do that. And, you know, I think, you know, she she's not a naturally competitive person, but but she is competitive in that way, you know, right. um, where where she just won't be left behind in that scenario. And I mean, if I'm not painting a super glorious picture of my wife in this oh, I scenario, I would just like to point back to all the podcasts where I painted her <laughs> as a queen. You know, <laughs> so I've put a lot of money in the bank related to my wife. And I think that it's important for me to talk about these experiences to women with a woman and with a woman's experience. And, yeah. you know, some of the, the things that she went through in that process, but what she needed to do mentally to kind of get over that. Right. And, oh, yeah. and, um, but going into kind of the AP phase, yeah. you know, and the reversing, you know, she did the same thing with yesterday's workout. You know, she, she really went at it really hard. I mean, it, <laughs> like you said, kind of with the deadlifts, that's such a great um, way to say it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we all, of course, we'd all like to think that we work out a hundred percent all the time. Right. But the reality is, is that we don't, you know, the reality yeah is that one day you have stress, one day you have six hours sleep compared to, to eight hours sleep. You know, there's all these different factors that go on. And like, I'm pretty sure that that 1300 calorie lady thinks that when she works out, she's doing fine, right? And she probably doesn't realize that she's been working out at 40%. For years. Yeah. yeah. You know, even if working out, I mean, I think that's the other thing too, you know, and I was talking to April about this, you know, for those that don't know, April's one of the senior coaches, but this is why you got to do what you love, right? Because oh, yeah. if you don't love it, when it gets hard, you're going to quit, right? And so yeah. if it's Zumba, do some Zumba, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like if, you know, I mean, are, are you going to get like, eight packed abs doing Zumba? Probably not. But if, you know, being miserable gets you those eight pack abs, are you really going to do that for the rest of your life? No, I don't think you will, you know? And so, you know, I think everybody's kind of, kind of keep those things in mind, especially as we, we're kind of giving advice, right? right. Um, I, I do, you know, kind of encapsulating all of this, because as we're talking about reversing, as we're talking about moving into performance and recomp phases, you know, I always kind of push it to people to say, you know, because there's a lot of people that will say, you know, aren't I going to gain weight? And and I obviously always push it off on you and say, well, it's up to you, right? It, I mean, yeah. The, but once again, those little things matter. You know, here's what I think happens for a lot of people. It, and and we see this a lot, especially, you know, towards the end, right, where, you know, you had a, a fat loss scheduled for October and it was summer and um, 
you know, here it is September and, and you got you got everything kind of dialed in and October 1st, you're going to start fat loss, right? August 31st, you know, you had kind of a thing with the girls and you went to Vegas and you had a little bit more than you thought you would, right? And now all of a sudden through September, you know, weight's starting to creep up and you're not taking that performance cycle near as serious as you would take a fat loss cycle, right? Right. So what ended up happening is because of that, all those little details mm -hmm. that you would normally use to keep you weight stable, you know, the moment in Vegas got you, right? The potluck at the school got you, right? There's all these different things that got you. And then all of a sudden, instead of, you know, giving us greens for 30 days, you gave us greens eh, like 20 days, maybe. Right. right. And so because you knew you were going into fat loss. Right. And now all of a sudden, you know, instead of being, let's say, 170, you walk into fat loss 175 and you right. sort of get frustrated. Now, of course, you're going to lose probably 10 pounds in that scenario. You're coming in, you're coming in with what I call a running start, you know, where, where you know, um, you know, you're visiting the barbecue place, you're having drinks with the gals, it's wine at book club, you know, everything's in play at that point, you know, and, and I believe that you should have a flexible life. I believe that you should do that, but I feel like, you know, a lot of people go into performance in a way different than I do, you know. Um, I'm not super rigid about it, right? You know, I, I do allow for some flexibility, but there's a couple things that go on in my brain right off the bat. Like as an example, you know, once I got over 190, um, in a muscle building phase, mm -hmm. I naturally wanted to go to 200, right? Like oh, yeah. intentionally, you know, and it was slow. It was, it was over the course of about a year, you know, mm -hmm. but you can't build muscle without gaining weight. Now, right. some people will go, well, okay, but you know, I went to the girls with Vegas in, in August, and then I was 175 by the time I hit fat loss. I mean, did I gain five pounds of muscle? That's why I said I did it slow, right? right? Well, if you do it in a month, you're probably, you know, storing more water, maybe storing a little bit of fat, but you're not really putting on muscle. That's not how it works, you know? Certainly in terms of gaining muscle, you're going in, in terms of recomp and things of that nature, you probably are going to want to wait a little bit more for that to happen. Um, and it is kind of interesting because, you know, one of the, the pitfalls, this is where, you know, mentally I get to be, you know, you know, as we're sort of talking about this, you know, when I first started my fat loss journey. Mm -hmm. I have about 40 pounds more muscle than I did at that time. Mm -hmm. right? And so everything in my view is different than the way that I think 
most people view it, you know? Um, and certainly women, like women as an example, don't tend to want to um, gain weight, right? right. Or, right. or gain right. muscle slowly, right? And and I get that. Now, we certainly have some that do, you know, um, but when we're talking about AP phases, when we're talking about reversing and we're talking about recomp, is it realistic to stay zero? And I would say for 95%, that answer is no, right? right? And certainly you could burn the candle at both ends and make it happen, you know, um, I would encourage you to do what I do, that if you end up losing weight in, in, in a performance or from an AP cycle to a reverse cycle to performance, um, then great, right? Right. But as you get to the top end of your reverse, as you get, up, get to the top end of uh, your performance cycles, one of the things that's sort of happening differently within each perform right now and some of this is just because the population has changed a little bit, is that we've given everybody the option to get a little bit more aggressive. Right. And what it's it sort of had the opposite effect that you would think, right? Because when the numbers weren't as aggressive, you know, we were still seeing a lot of people with really good results. But what was happening was is a lot of people would say, well, you know, I'm not really that uncomfortable. It was sort of like the 1300 calorie gal, right? It was like, right. you know, it's like, I'm not really that uncomfortable. So, you know, be honest with you, I kind of like fat loss. If you like fat loss, you are 100% doing it wrong. We went over <laughs> that in the last podcast, right? You can go back and, and listen to that. When you're at that point where you're uncomfortable, you want to leave fat loss, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the difference between my wife and 1300 calorie lady is my wife was like, get me some food now, dude. Yeah. Right. 1300 calorie ladies, like she doesn't know really what the end game is, you know, and I'm telling her what's going to happen, but she's not believing me because, you know, there is kind of this default to logic, right? It's like, well, you know, I've already lost 1600. I can just eat 1300 calories forever and and in theory four more months from now you know in four months from now you're going to look back and go i haven't lost any weight i've gained weight and right. this is getting really really frustrating and i have no control over it my wife has 100 percent control over the situation she 100 especially in the last two weeks once she nailed down started some of the details I mean, she's actually kind of looking forward to January. As much as you can look forward to things sucking for, you know, three weeks. Um, but, you know, when you look at the time difference, you know, really, my wife was only uncomfortable at all for five weeks. In those five weeks, she was only really uncomfortable two of those five, seven days. Right. You know, so when people, yeah. when people say to me, I mean, I'm talking to the tech team right now of a way to kind of illustrate this. Um, and I think that this is going to be a really valuable addition to the app 
we can figure out a way to kind of get it in there and where would it be, but it, it, it's going to be pretty prominent, right? The one thing that all of you guys discount that you don't think about day to day is how much money you're putting in that metabolic bank every single day, right? And, you know, you take the fat loss cycles really serious and you don't take the reversing and the performance side as serious. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody does it that way, but it's not just about adding food. It's also about adding work. It's also about doing your work differently. It's about if you're trying to get stronger, you know, really pushing those numbers. If you're trying to build muscle, really trying to, you know, maybe push those weights up a little bit, adding some reps. If you're trying to do CrossFit, kind of, you know, pushing the the wads a little bit. I know, you know, when I first started fat loss, um, I was doing the women's RX. <clears throat> um, I did get sick. Both my wife and I actually got sick the the last week. Um, and we just started to recover. And have you ever noticed how, like, when you start to diet, you get sick? That's a little yeah. bit because you're underfed and your immune system is more, you know, open. Right. You know? So you do have to kind of keep that in mind. And so people say this to me all the time. Every time I reduce my food, I tend to get hurt or I tend to get sick. It's like, yeah, you're you're kind of more open to that stuff because you're adding kind of a different layer of stress. Like people <coughs> I think it was really interesting. But, Go ahead, Meredith. I've been just rambling like, I don't know if anybody I mean, we've heard this, we've talked about this before, but for your body to change, you have to stress it. I mean, there has to be a stressor for your body to change, whether that's by you know, weight or work or, I mean, um, but less food. I mean, your body has to be in a, in a, in a, some sort of stress to change. Now that, that can also be a bad thing, but we don't have to get into that. But, um, there, there it's, it's scientifically proven that your body has to, you have to introduce a stress to get it to change, to initiate change. So, so. when you diet, okay, you're essentially creating this homeostatic pressure at a lower weight, which is stress, right? Right. You essentially, you know, hopefully um, lose fat in that process. Yeah. Uh, the good majority of it is actually not that. It's some uh, la layer of fat. It's some layer of water. And it might be some layer of muscle, right? But these are all the things that you kind of got to keep in mind. And um but what most people don't think about when we're talking about homeostatic pressure, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are really good at pushing homeostasis to get to that uncomfortable place where they undereat, right? That's the one thing that they really focus on all the time. Well, mm -hmm. I got bad news for you. If you've used that trump card up, there's only one way to fix it, and that's to go the other way. So right. now you have to push homeostatic pressure the other way, right? And so right. homeostatic pressure is actually one of these concepts that's used often with sleep because, you know, you ever notice how, like, one night your dog wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and then the very next 
night, you wake up at exactly two o'clock in the morning. It's like that's homeostatic pressure kind of working. Your body just adjusts to what the reality is at that given moment. Right. So when you go, when you go well, wouldn't I gain weight when I add food? Well, that assumes, of course, that your body actually doesn't want food when, in fact, your body does want food. When we talk about metabolism, what is metabolism? Metabolism is digestion. To a certain extent, it's brain activity. And to a certain extent, it's moving. There's all these different things that, you know, metabolism is very dynamic. It's not static at all. All these people that go, well, I have a bad metabolism, um, you know, yeah, you do. You're the reason why, right? Like, like if you're under eating and you're constantly working out, you're not working things in the favor of your metabolism. You're working against it, right? So you can push homeostatic pressure on the low end, right? But you need to stop and push it on the high end also so that you can um, get back to eating normal, right? And people don't focus on that. And a lot of times, you know, because you've seen this with Weight Watchers and lots of diets where people talk about, you know, um, moving to kind of a maintenance level. Let me just tell you, you have no idea what your maintenance level is, right? Um, and and if you've lost a lot of weight, you know, eating 1,300 calories, I mean, you moving to 1,500 calories just isn't going to make that much of a difference. And that's not where you want normal to be anyway. Right. You want to kind of push things the other way. And then, of course, we're talking about homeostatic pressure. Now, now all of a sudden you have more energy. You're sleeping better. You're not sick. You know, you're not hurt. You know, now you can start to push homeostatic pressure by your deadlift going up. Now right. you can push it by longer runs. Now you can push it with, you know, um, uh, walking, not really, right? Like walking kind of is what walking is. You know, um, I, I do see people trying to walk their way to optimal health. And, you know, there was such a great, uh, oh, shoot, David Sedaris, right? So D David Sedaris has a, has a book called Calypso Out. And if you, you know, David Sedaris is the satirist and he's, I, I, I love him. I think he's funny. Um, it, it's funny, though, because like reading the Amazon reviews for his book, I was really shocked to hear the responses from people. Um, and I was just like, man, the world is really negative, you know. Um, yeah. But he was talking about Fitbit and um, <laughs> it, when he first got his Fitbit, he was he was, you know, not doing a lot of steps. And once he became more conscious of it, you know, it, it 10,000 turned into 20,000 and then 20,000 turned into 30,000. And, it, you know, at his top end, he's like 60,000 a day. He's hey. getting eight hours worth of walking. And I feel like, you know, there's a good amount of people that could totally relate to what David Sedaris <laughs> is talking about. And if you remember my Pokemon Go phase, that was a lot about that, right? Where, right. you know, you got to get in this obsessive mode and you're like, well, I'm getting steps anyway, so this isn't bad. 
it's like, and it's probably not bad. It's certainly better than the alternative. But if you're also using that as a way to kind of undereat, or if you're looking at it as fat loss, you're probably not dealing with fat loss, you're probably dealing with hydration, you know, things right. of that nature. Um, so, you know, but I want to be really super clear is that when we move to the top end or reverse, when we move into performance recon, are you going to lose a lot of weight? No. Right? right. Stop telling me I'm hitting all my greens and I'm not losing weight. You're not, you we're, we're pushing homeostasis on the top end. Right. And if you were eating, let's say 1500 at the lowest part of your fat loss stage, and now you're at 2,800 and 3000, it's not weight loss that was the goal. It's the value that you're putting in that metabolic bank that's allowing you to push homeostatic pressure in your workouts and things of that nature, right? right. You're sleeping better, all those things. But it kind of I, – I, I don't think I can say this without saying this. I just think that most people think that, that the way that they're supposed to live is dieting all the time. And what I'm trying to point out to you is that it puts you more in control. Mm -hmm. If you understand how your body works <clears throat> and you can actually reach your goals much easier and a lot faster if you have like seven tools in the toolbox. If your only tool in the toolbox is banging your head against a rock Right. <laughs> For nine months, you know, starving yourself, you know, I mean, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Like, like. If I had to live with that lady and she had to live with me, <laughs> we would have been divorced years ago. You know, oh, yeah. what I mean? like, like it, it's miserable, you know, right. when you're trying to have fitness as a priority in your life and you're trying to run the kids to, to drum line and and all these different things, and not to mention, you know, this is men and males and females, is that sex drive is 100% affected when you undereat, right? Oh, yeah. Depression, there's, there's very clear, Google it, you know, yeah. there's very clear connections to depression and undereating. And so, yeah. and I'm not just talking about being hangry, right? I'm yeah. talking about clinical depression. You know, right. Um, from and so when I look at, yeah, when I look at the preponderance of of dieting and how much pressure we all feel related to dieting on social media, um, I mean, people would think that everybody's overeating. In fact, calories are lower in the last five years than they've been in a very long time. Right. Is right. people feel this pressure to constantly be dieting. And what we're saying is, is that the more you do it, the worse you get at it. And that's why AP is important, adaptation prevention. That's why fully reversing out of a dieting cycle is really important. And that's why recomp is important, right? Because you, you, what people want to do is sort of live in this middle land where they never have to manage their weight again. 
And the reality is, is that's not reality. That's just not fact. Like I said, you know, would I have loved to do recomp and not do another fat loss cycle? I mean, I was, I was, you know, I, I was, I almost didn't want to do it, you know, right. um, and, and it was certainly an option to not do it. But at the same time, you know, it's like, well, you know, at, at what level are we going to intervene? Right. And I mean, at some point, you're going to have to choose to be uncomfortable. And so after four years, my wife and I decided that this would be the time. Um, but I can't imagine what it's like to be people that are obsessed about this nonstop. Right. You know? um, well, and, and that's got to be that's got to be really hard. I mean, I, I was that we've talked about it in previous ones. That was me for a long time, for years. I mean, I was, you can ask my husband, I was, I was horrible to live with. I'm sure at times, um, he, you know, he got really tired of my obsessiveness with it and just, yeah, living with that constant and constantly under eating and constantly being obsessed about it and everything was, was really difficult. And I'm sure that there were, were times when, like you said, I wasn't fun to live with. So because yeah, I love when people say like, like, I love the science. I know you're right. I'm just scared. I mean, how many things in life are like that, right? You know, where you know you need to leave a bad job situation or you know you need to leave a bad relationship, but there's comfort in the norm. And so you don't do it. You don't make the logical jump. And you kind of end up getting nowhere, right? Or right. Worse, you go in reverse, right? Like, right. I mean, we've all been in bad relationships that have gotten worse. Mm -hmm. We've all been in bad jobs that have gotten worse, right? right? And so dieting is no different. In fact, I would argue that dieting, you know, is actually, you're more likely for those scenarios to happen, but you might not realize the impact that it's having on you day to day. You know, when my wife and I were getting cranky with each other, you know, um, I don't know that day to day we were thinking, man, I'm I'm not 100 percent here, you know, but but it was the reality, you know. OK, right. so I feel like we've covered that to death. <laughs> I just feel like, you know. There's a lot of people, I mean, there's some people that, that will lose weight at really super high macros and, you know, that, I, I, I think it's just very, very individual, right? Right. But when you look at somebody that's on that top end, right, and we're looking at how to build muscle, you just don't build muscle in middle land. That's why we don't keep you in middle land. Right. So when somebody says to me, you know, can you pull my macros down a little bit? I was like, I'd rather do fat loss or a mini cut or anything other than take away your runway. Right. right. I want to keep putting money in that metabolic bank as long as we can. So then when we make a withdrawal, we make a big withdrawal. We're not right. just like, we're, we're not just like, trying to cover the car payment, you know, 
<laughs> right. And that's what, yeah, people just don't understand that. I've, I've explained that. I've talked to people just in my gym with that and, you know, talk about, you know, you have to have something to take out and it just blows their mind. I mean, they don't, they don't understand it. It's, it's pretty well, interesting. It's, it's convenient to believe what they believe, right? Mm -hmm. like, like, there's no pressure in that, right? right. Like, you know, the, um, um, you know, I think I talked a little bit about this in the, in the fat loss episode, but right. when you don't eat much, you know, eh, do I need to go to the gym? Honestly, not really. Yeah. <laughs> not a hundred percent. Well, guess what? If my macros get to, let's say 4,500, you know, and I'm weight stable, you think mm -hmm. I'm gonna be a little bit more motivated to go to the gym most days, right? Yep. I can't eat, you know, to that level without being more conscious of it possibly going the wrong way if activity isn't a priority in my life, right? And so right. if I go, well, this amount of food allows me to be more healthy, build more muscle, be more active in the gym, and I do something that I love anyway. I'm just going to go to the gym. I feel like most people are in the reverse cycle. And I think what you just said, where people don't understand it, I think they understand it real well. <laughs> I think they don't want that pressure. Right? I mean, as a CrossFit coach, yeah. right? Both, both you and I, you're level one, level two. I'm a level one. Okay. Mm -hmm. We all know those people that have been in the back of the gym for like three years, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Because they don't necessarily want to push the food side. So their performance never gets to that point that they're really looking for. And you're right. Every day it's body weight. They're like, yeah, baby, it's body <laughs> weight time. But but when right. it comes to this, a little bit heavier and kind of pushing that side of things and pushing the muscle building mm -hmm. side of things, you know, it's not that they don't understand it. It's that they're choosing not to do that. But then those are the people that when they decide to do it are really fun to work with because the performance piece, the work piece has been in place for a long time. And that's really fun to work with them because you see the, the you know, they get that nutrition thing and they get the, they get the macros and they push that. They finally get the, the, the food side and the work side um, firing at the same time. And those are fun. Those are the fun ones to work with because it usually they see pretty good results. So there, we'll end on this note because okay. it's relevant to to the discussion. Mm -hmm. Is you have a client and um, she's 118 pounds, mm -hmm. and we had her macros up. I want to say it was like 2,800, 2,900, and you know I would say probably oh you know, nine days out of 10 or 30 days out of 31 of a month. She, she understands the bigger picture and totally agrees with it. But one day she, you know, that one day she wanted to have a discussion with me about why can't I just eat less? Right. And, and I explained it to her this way. I said, it's like, the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve manages money and interest rates mm -hmm. so that when 
something bad happens, they have options, right? Right. And it was it was great for her to put it in that perspective because normally she's a hundred percent on on board for every every single thing, but towards the end of the summer and going into September, she just had a few things that her weight kind of spiked up 125, 126. Now, did it spike up to 125, 126 because of the macros she got from Eat to Perform? No. <laughs> She'll tell you why, right? She, she, you know, she was having weekends away. She was enjoying time with her family and, and things of this nature. Right. So that was the real reason why, you know, things kind of went the way. But what happened at that point is that we had options. And so she was able to move to a 28-day cycle. I don't think she's going to need to do the second um, because, you know, she's down into the 119s, you know, 118s again. And, you know, that's why you need to go both up and down. You need options. Right. And if you don't go up, basically, you're just going to live in fear for the rest of your life that your weight's going to go up because you really don't have any real answer for that. Every eat to performer who's done this and worked their calories up and things of this nature and then hit a fat loss cycle knows exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. Right? They are in control. Yeah. Um, that you know they make you know all these different things priorities in their life and i think when when we look back at this podcast 10 years from now and the whole world has changed based on this model we're gonna go man i can't believe we gave away all that information for free. <laughs> right all right, right. Well, i appreciate everybody being here um any big plans for you this weekend meredith um, not this weekend, but I mean, shoot, we won't talk to, we won't be on again until after Thanksgiving. So, um, you doing anything for Thanksgiving? You guys going anywhere or anything? No, I have the best Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, we go to my brother-in-law's. It's like five of us, um, uh, uh, five of us, including my family, which is like, you know, three more than me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm no pressure. My brother-in-law just does everything. He loves doing it. You know, he's the single guy. <laughs> He just loves having everybody over at his place. And it's just like the most chill day. And then two days later, you know, we'll have family Thanksgiving, which isn't bad, but it's just more of a hassle than the other one. You know? Right. So I look forward to Thanksgiving every single year. Um, probably see, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people think of January 1st as, you know, when people start to feel the pressure, it's right after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Feel the pressure, and so we'll start to see sign up. So we'll start to get a, a little busy at that point. So yeah. keep in mind what I said earlier in the podcast about the hundred um, available. And uh, yeah, this weekend pretty low key. You know, yeah, um, we have just a little. I'll say it's kind of. Ex- I'm kind of excited because we just kind of finalized plans. But you talked about the training vault. A little bit and how we're doing the next phase well trisha and april and i now have a plan to get i'm going to north carolina right after thanksgiving and the three of us are getting together and collaborating and really working on that so i expect great epic things for this next one just to kind of 
put that bug in everybody's ear to be thinking on. So it'll be good. All right. Sounds great. Everybody have a great weekend and we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.